This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Welcome along to the Kent Online podcast on a very snowy Monday, February the 8th. So the weather warnings were correct then. We have had a wintry blast of weather and the cold spell is set to continue for a few days yet. Snow started falling across most of the county on Sunday morning and hasn't really stopped since, although some places are more affected than others. And while lots of children are learning from home during the pandemic anyway, the weather has led to school closures for some youngsters of key workers. We've got a full list of those affected at kentonline.co.uk. On the roads, volunteers have been on standby to help anyone who's got stranded. Alan Moles is from Southeast 4x4 Response. Well, it has caused disruption locally, I think. Um, what we found is that um, a lot of our members have been reporting on where the snow has been over Kent. Some places have received quite a lot and others have, have, not, have not received um, a lot at all. So, um, we have been deployed. We have been busy. We've got uh, we had 25 members out yesterday and we've got a number out this morning um, and it is based on the localization of where the where the weather's been. So yesterday, yeah, I think it was um, because it was a Sunday. It was probably a bit quieter. But um, today we're expecting it to, 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 you know, to, to pick up if the snow continues. But in general, um, I think the county has has done quite well. It hasn't had um, as much snow as what was forecast. So we haven't been as busy as what we thought we would be. And what difference does it make doing this during a pandemic when obviously you've got, you know, coronavirus considerations? If you go out to people, do you have to wear like a face mask and how close are you allowed to get? Yep. That sort of thing? So since the beginning of the pandemic, we've had to implement new process and procedures to make sure that our members are safe. And um, it does involve um, safe uh, face masks at all times when working with the public. and. We have also um, uh, asked the members to, to source hand gel you know, to, to make sure that they're, they're able to clean their vehicles and themselves. We also would normally be more active in transporting um, people. Um, but during the pandemic, what we've had to do is limit uh, the, the amount of people or the, you know, the amount of people that we can transport due to the risk to, to, the, to our members and to the, to the public. So it has had it has had a big impact on what we're doing, but we've able, we're able to continue um, in a safe manner um, with the, the processes and procedures we've implemented. Obviously, we're expecting a little bit more snow today and perhaps over the next couple of days. Um, so could you just tell us about your plans and obviously just being on standby? So depending on how the snow settles and whether we have rain or um, depending on the temperature, we may get further deployed. Um, some of the main roads look pretty clear the gritting crew are doing a fantastic job clearing the roads there but um as we as the day goes on and goes into the evening that's typically when there's rush hour so we may see that uh, there's an increase in in requests for our our assistance but um we have to monitor the situation depending on what the the weather um ends up being like because we've been promised snow quite a few times and uh We've. Uh, this is, I think, the first time we've we've had it in Kent. Alan was chatting to Lucy, who's also been speaking to Carol Valentine, who's a highways project manager at Kent County Council. Well, we received the amber warning on Friday, and we were expecting heavy snow overnight Saturday into Sunday. Well, as, as it happened, the snow came in a bit later, came in late during 
Sunday. So it's more or less where we've expected. The amber warning is still in force. And as many people have seen, we've had extra snow this morning. We're expecting snow throughout the day. And is it the case that, as usual, gritters have been out um, overnight um, treating those main roads for, you know, for slippery ice and snow that's around? Yeah, we've had all of our gritters out from really yesterday through the night. They're out again this morning, keeping the roads clear. We have 58 primary routes, that's our main roads around the county, and we make sure that those ones are cleared. Additionally, we also have over 100 farmers who contract with us. So when we have snow in the rural areas, they have ploughs supplied by the council and they go out and clear those rural roads. And we know that they've been busy as well overnight this morning. And so what do, what do you know that's in store for the next few days? Because I know there's this weather warning, the amber one lasts till midday, but then there's <coughs> so we could potentially get even more after that. Um, what's the plan? Well, as you say, the amber warning is still in place and we, we've got snow now right through this, this afternoon. But it will be cold all week, so we're still looking at those really low temperatures with possibly snow later on in the week, up, up to Wednesday. So we will still be out with the gritters and we're just really telling everyone to be aware of what the conditions are out on the road, to drive according to the conditions and to really just try and keep safe as much as they can. But we'll be busy, we know, this week because we're expecting that snow right through to Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. And I know there's with lockdown, most people will hopefully be staying at home anyway. Um, but what's the main advice for people who do have to go out to to work or, or you know, to the supermarket or wherever it is? The main advice for people moving around the county, we know that people do have to go out, is really just to drive to the conditions. Whilst we do grip the primary routes and we try and keep those as clear as we possibly can, we know that not every road in Kent is going to be cleared and they need to take that really take care, drive to the conditions um, and keep those journeys limited only if they absolutely have to. Bin collections in parts of the county have also been disrupted and some shops are limiting how much can be bought. A weather warning remains in place until the end of Wednesday. And forecasters say there's a chance we could get another two to five centimetres each day as temperatures struggle to get above freezing. We've been getting the very latest from Luke Mile at the Met Office. So, yeah, the snow we've had across uh, Kent has been very much what we expected. Um, we had an area of low pressure that was just to the southeast of the UK, mainly over parts of uh, Holland and Belgium, that was named Storm Darcy by the Dutch Met Service. KNMI and uh, that brought quite frequent snow yesterday uh, across uh, much of Kent. Uh, in fact we've seen 16 centimetres of accumulated snow at Manston which is not far from the coast as well so uh, quite an unusual amount to get um, given where they are based but uh, yeah the snow was forecast um, to cause some disruption and I think there was quite significant disruption particularly across the uh, the east of Kent as we went through Sunday and we've got further snow currently falling so the snow is very dry snow it's powdery snow so a lot of people have said that it's blowing around quite a lot uh, and that's just because you know it's not really sticking to the surface very well so some areas have got quite a bit of snow but other areas you can see where it's piled up against uh, like a brick wall or something because of the wind so uh, quite a variable, variable amount of how much snow is physically lying on the ground from one place to another. 
So initially yesterday, Storm Darcy was bringing strong winds, but uh, the storm itself is moving away from the UK. And now we've just got this bitter easterly wind. It's a polar continental air mass, which is coming all the way from Siberia. And we've got strong winds across the whole of the country. And that's just making it feel absolutely biting out there. It's really cutting you when you step out the door. So uh, that combined with powdery snow just allows the snow to blow around. And, you know, people probably see it whipping around a little bit and uh, piling up, as I say, against brick walls that are, you know, sort of sheltered from from that wind. Temperatures are really struggling for the time of year. On the thermometer, it will say zero, one degrees at the very best, which is not going to cause any of that snow to melt. Add on the effect of that wind and it's going to make it feel more like minus five, minus six outside when you're stepping out the door. So A, it's going to be feeling very, very cold, but also because where we've got snow on the ground, where it does get compacted from people walking over it and, and cars driving over it, it will cause there to be some ice and that's going to be a problem through much of this week. And while some of you might have been out enjoying the wintry scenes with some sledging and snowball fights, not everyone's loving it that much. Ish has been catching up with some of you in Gillingham today. Well, you know, I mean, our people think snow, snow looks nice, but I mean, it's not really all that practical. All my train signs have been sort of messed up, so <laughs> I'm going to have to go into work early and it looks like I'll have to leave early, so I'm not really that happy. Absolutely horrible. He doesn't like it, it's too cold. Your son doesn't like it either? No. What, what, what's your plan today? Is it going to be a bit more difficult now with the snow? It is. I'm going to be staying indoors for the rest of the day now. <laughs> How are you feeling about it? It's awful. It's awful? Yeah. Was that your first reaction? <laughs> yeah, it's cold. It's awful. Walk with dogs, enjoy the snow and the scenery. We'll probably build a snowman. I'd be glad when it's all over. It doesn't bring any joy to me. Why, why would it? You know what I mean? Why would the snow bring any joy? With the lockdown and everything else, it's, it's, you know, it's um, ridiculous. To say that go out and look after the elderly in this weather, you know. Um, I know it's locked down, but if there's any elderly out there, go and look after them, and they need looking after. It's cold. Well, you can see plenty of pictures and video of the snow at kentonline.co.uk. And don't forget, for the very latest travel updates, you can tune in to KMFM. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. Some other news in brief now and a coroner says a mum and her son who died in a house fire in Dover could have got out if there had been a smoke alarm. An inquest heard there was no sign of one at the rented property in Primrose Road which caught a light last July. The victims who were aged 32 and 60 were both pronounced dead at the scene. There's a warning following a spate of rock falls on the Kent coast over the weekend a group of five people were told to move away from the edge after one at A Cliff near Dover. Wildlife groups have joined forces to try and stop a huge new theme park being built in North Kent. A public inquiry is due to be held into plans for the multi-billion pound London resort project on the Swanscombe Peninsula. But conservationists say the area is home to more rare and threatened species. And on tomorrow's podcast, we'll be hearing from Bug Life, who will be explaining why they're supporting the move. A reminder, part of the M20 will be closed overnight for the next three weeks because of roadworks. The coastbound section between junctions 9 and 10A in Ashford need to be resurfaced and have studs replaced. It'll be shut from 8pm until 6am. And work has started on building a new secondary school in Dartford. Stone Lodge is going to cost £29 million and will have specialist science and engineering engineering classrooms as well as a separate sports block and outside pitches it's hoped it'll be ready for pupils this time next year kent online news
I'm joined on the podcast by our community reporter, Ollie Kemp, who's been meeting some workers who, despite not being on the front line, are still going out to work each day during the pandemic. Ollie, can you tell us who you've been speaking to? Yeah, the first person I spoke to, Nicola, was the imam of Gillingham's Nazir Mosque, Safir Khan. Now, Safir counts as religious staff in his position, so he's been kept pretty busy opening the premises four times a day, seven days a week for Muslims across Medway to come and pray. Now, in usual times, Safir would be able to invite more than 100 people into the building, but under COVID restrictions, it's limited to around 10. It's been uh, very, very different, of course, from what we are used to. But uh, we have had to adapt like everybody else. We're lucky and fortunate that uh, for most of the time, the places of worship, including the mosques, have been allowed to be open. And that has been a good thing for us because prayers are, you know, part of our life daily. We do five prayers, you know, it's very important. And uh, we've, we've been allowed to continue that, although with social distancing and being very, very careful as well. When we gather here for prayers, uh, we always have that in mind that, you know, the other community members uh, who, who may not be here, they want to be here, but because of you know the the importance of looking after the health of each other and to be safe, uh, it is a reason why it's like that. So we're not losing hope or we're not too depressed about that. We understand that this is how it is, and we hope and pray that soon we can go back to you know the uh, normal. Uh, normal activities again, yes. And aside from letting people into the mosque, he's helped lead community efforts such as providing assistance to those who are isolated in their homes and even helping feed truckers stranded on Kent's roads in December. Quite different from the experiences of Jamie Hooton, a 25-year-old factory worker for Plamill Foods in Folkestone. Now, Jamie works on the production side of things for the vegan company, so everything from mixing and moulding chocolate to packing it. I did ask him if he stopped eating chocolate after getting the job, but he said thankfully it hadn't put him off too much. Now, Jamie has worked his usual nine-to-five shift since the start of the pandemic. At first, he was concerned about coming into contact with the virus, but found that he and his colleagues settled into the safety guidelines quite quickly, although sometimes it's been hard for them to communicate on the factory floor. Being further away, obviously, we're not communicating as much. It's harder to get things across being like two. I know it's like only two metres, but that two metres does make a difference. Like when you're trying to explain something with face masks on, it adds to life not understanding properly sometimes so it makes things difficult but the one thing that struck me talking to jamie was the effect of getting to work day to day with his colleagues and how helpful that's actually been for all of them people that are furloughed and stuff like that stuck at home i think that i think that would have been worse for me just coming out having routine and still coming to work and still being able to make money just it takes away from all that stress of actually the covid so we're not worrying about having a job but they're not worrying about COVID at the same time. So it takes one away from the other. It helps as well being able to come to work and talking to people that are just not in your house. Like it, it's that communication that helps talking to other people that aren't in your bubble where it does obviously help and it helps them as well, not just being stuck, especially people that live on their own and stuff like that. That theme of having a support network in your job ran across most of the key workers that I spoke to. So for year four teacher Claire Lawrence at Guston C of E Primary in Dover, the school's bubble system meant that even though she had been physically on site, she hasn't been able to communicate with colleagues as she could before. But the strangest thing for Claire is most of her class being at home, of course. And even after a year, having to work with her children via a video chat is a strange experience. It's very odd not being in with your class 
every day, like having all the children in, like we would normally, because um, obviously you have a connection with the, you know, with with your class and all the individuals in your class, and so it's um, yeah, definitely been very odd. But I think everyone's managed to adapt quite well to doing things over Zoom and learning different ways um, of of teaching and and how we would go about things. Um, so yes, it's definitely been a learning curve. When we started the new academic year with with everybody in. It's nice that we had that opportunity to actually see everybody and start to get to know everybody um, at the beginning of the year. We're trying to sort of keep up that level of, of communication and keeping in touch with all of the children in our classes because we um, have daily Zoom check-ins. So I see pretty much all of them every day and um, we have a chat and a catch up um, and they get an opportunity to share anything that they that they've been doing and any work that they've been doing and also it's really nice for them to have an opportunity to see each other. Claire was quite positive about how her colleagues and pupils have managed to adapt to the situation. It's of course not the same for every single industry. Nigel Jackson's a cabbie and member of the Medway Licensed Taxi Drivers Association and he has seen a drastic drop in the number of people who need his service. The footfall's down at least 80%, um, but we're, we're not forced to close, so therefore we still have to carry on working. And obviously with the reduction in income, things are very tough. You've got um, outgoing costs weekly that need to be covered, ongoing fixed costs, which there's nothing you can do about, which is your, your vehicle insurance, licensing fees, finance on vehicles, maintenance of vehicles, which you have to find and, and sometimes you're not even scratching the surface to cover those costs so it is very tough. Most of the work now is taking key workers to, to and from work, NHS staff, um, you name it. The majority of the work then apart from that is people going to the shops, um, buying the weekly shop that haven't got a vehicle to drive home themselves but they need a taxi to do so and we're here to try and do that as safe as possible. Nigel also talked a little about the mental health impact of working in an industry which has suffered a lot in the past 11 months. When you're sitting on a taxi rank alone for two hours waiting for a fare, it can be quite soul destroying and can, so, so, to be honest with you, it affects everyone's mental health this, this pandemic and hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel with all the vaccines. It was fascinating speaking with all of these key workers because they have been on the front lines and had a very different experience than those who have been able to work from home since COVID-19 changed a lot of things. Thanks ever so much, Ollie. And you can read Ollie's special report at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online Sport. Football now, and it seems quite a while ago, actually, that they played because Gillingham were in action on Friday night, but we have still got reaction to that latest game. It wasn't a great one, unfortunately, as it finished in a 3-0 defeat to Lincoln City. Here's manager Steve Evans. Hey, listen, they're a good side. They've been second best for long periods tonight, though, haven't they? You know, we've reminded me tonight very much of the West Ham game in the Cup, you know, last season when we were uh, dominant for spells, couldn't take advantage of half chances or in getting good possessions or good positions. Um, they got a goal against a runner player in the game, but it's young man learning his trade, slightly doesn't track the run. It's a simple track the man and they don't get the opportunity but they take advantage I think then after to half time we're by far the better side um, you know when Jordan Graham is a, is a good chance we have a number of throw-ins we the corners go into the box we get good first touches not the second we go in a half time and we spoke about inches of yards and fine margins and 
not allowing a referee who's had a poor first half performance as far as we're concerned, not allow him to impact in the game. And he, he does impact in the game, doesn't he? Because, you know, that's a dive. I can't even say it in any other words for the penalty. It's a dive. And um, so they get the penalty, they get the second goal. And then and then we have to we have to try and get back in the game. And we're, we hope, as I say, we leaving it late at the back. And, you know, uh, they have a third goal. We thought it looks offside, but they tell me it's no onside, Ben. So we, we accept that. But we're trying to get back in the game. We made a number of good chances at 2-0 to make it 2-1. And, you know, and, and have a, a real grandstand finish. But, but not to be. Um, disappointing from my point of view when I hear a match official in a live Sky game running about call him one of the two or three of the Lincoln players by their nicknames. I don't think he'd know their nicknames. He's in, he's in his first season in the Football League. Um, but he's running about calling them by nicknames. I said to fourth official, reported right away, it doesn't look right. So that that, that sends me home with a real, real uh, quandary as I, as I try and sleep tonight. Uh, we don't expect him to be given that's not right for us, but you know, I'm watching Vidane and Oliver get absolutely dragged all over the place for half an hour and not have a free kick. It's disappointing. I don't expect the referee to get that penalty wrong. That's the game changer for us. You know, we're either 1-1 and back in the game or still having an opportunity to press the game. They can get a bit nervous. They'll try to go top of the league. We don't get that opportunity. And we don't get that opportunity because the referee's made a poor decision. He should see it's it's um, it's a dive. He should see that the boy's six feet in the air and coming down. It's, it's a poor decision. But he's he had a lot of poor decisions today. Not questioning his honesty. I'm just saying he's a bad referee tonight. And while it's certainly not cricket weather right now, we've been hearing from Kent's Jack Leaning on his preparations for the new season. The batsman broke every partnership record in the club's history last year with his unbeaten knock of 423 with Jordan Cox against Sussex. The 27-year-old says he's hoping he can build on his performances. Just trying to keep my fitness up. I've kind of dived quite into that quite strongly. It's always been something I've quite enjoyed doing, but lockdown's probably given it more chance to, to do my own stuff and to get out and explore the, the streets of where I live. There's probably not a, a road in the three or four square miles of where I live that I haven't run down, I don't think. Last season was good, but it was kind of almost like a little taster. We kind of got going in the season and then it was over again. So hopefully this year, COVID-dependent, uh, we can get a full season in and I can get to play in all three formats and, and hopefully have another, another really good year. Kent will be getting their county championship season underway in April with a trip to Northamptonshire. Well, thanks ever so much for listening today. Do stay warm. We will keep you updated on the weather throughout the next few days. Don't forget, you can also subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all of KM Group's newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.